Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my co-host, the host to be named later. How are you doing to be named later? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What what is that? I mean, I, I'm I've lost the esteem. It's a new the end of the season now. I don't get any esteem. Yeah, or... yeah. Like it's we're scrubbing the slate clean, and I erase too much. You know, it's like when you're trying to erase the dry the the dry erase board, and you accidentally hit the stuff you didn't need. That's what happened to your name. Okay. And okay. now I can't. I can't. Well, it's probably. Can't I'm sure it. the listeners are probably getting really sick of it anyway. So it's probably a good thing that we. Oh no! That. Definitely, all of the titles had to go away for especially super esteemed. <laughs> <laughs> since you tricked me into that one um but no you uh, I, I, alongside my co-host and brother matthew henry and all right we're back have, to we're back to square one I you like can it. have those names you can have those <laughs> names um but hey I, I got a question for you oh okay i mean unless you want to tell me how you're doing did you have like any opening banter did you have uh you know i'm i'm doing great uh, my, my, the girls cross country team that I, uh, that I coach, um, had a massive upset today. They ran out of their minds and shocked the world. And so I'm feeling good. Wow. You know, it's always fun great. when you, you know, I'm, I'm not the full-time coach. I, I, but I write the workouts and I, you know, show up when the schedule allows and, and I'm invested in these girls, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. they did great. I'm invested in the guys too. They didn't run at, well, they all ran well, but the team we were going against had a very strong guys team. So we didn't do, we didn't win that one, but the girls team showed up and it was great. It was a lot. Wow. Of fun. Wow. That now I have two questions for you. Okay. Um, uh, now that you mentioned that, uh, so let me start with this first one. Do, do you, so are any of the girls like? Do they give each other like nicknames or or the boys even? Do they give each other nicknames like you know, Flash and Hot no. Rod? No, I mean the girls. The girls are really close. Small group. They're 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 good friends. They're close. So no no real nicknames that I know of. The guys are just you know they're they're just nerdy distance runners. So you know they yeah. they they don't really do the whole like cool nickname. Well. You know, if you don't know and you haven't seen, I encourage everybody to go look at the team photos for the Santa Clara University um, cross-country team. team. Yeah. (laughs) Because I just realized that. But anyways, okay, so none of the girls call each other like there's no girl on your on your whose nickname is Big Dumper. No, no. And um, I wouldn't admit it if there was. (laughs) And well, then maybe like there's like an underclassman and then that one's her nickname could be Little Dumper. It could be a term of no. endearment forever. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it just gets passed down. There's Big Dumper and Little Dumper on the girls' cross country team. No, All right. no, no. Uh, okay, okay. And then, and then I, uh, you know, that's relevant. You know, there's a Big Dumper in the playoffs right now who's playing really well. Um, you know, he's uh, uh, he's backed up by a by a former Giant. The Big Dumper is backed up by um, you know the nope. Giant catcher whose name I can't remember. Casali? Casali! That's the one. <laughs> oh, poor Kirk Casali, man. Poor, poor, yeah, poor Kirk Casali being in the playoffs in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> feel really bad for you, Kurt. I mean, you're not getting any playing time because Big Dumper is is he's he's doing all the things right now. But um but anyway, follow up question. Okay. Well, I guess it's not really a follow up question, it's an entirely different question. Matthew. Yes. If you were to have your ears rubbed by a adjudicant, would you prefer that to happen on national television or in private? Well, if a adjudicant is going to rub any part of my body, I, I think I'd prefer it to be, of course, on national television, right? I mean... Yeah, because if it was in private, that would just be gross. And and if it's on national television, there's, you know, there's probably because some old guy asked the adjudicant to rub my ears. This is really strange to me, that whole debacle. I mean, I know why Buck Showalter did it. And, and, and folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, 
Um, it was Musgrove. Was it Musgrove? Yes. Joe Musgrove was on his way to eliminating the Mets um, with a dominant pitching performance on Sunday. And Buck Walter knew it. And so he had to do something to try to, you know, get get his team back into the game. And he had to break Musgrove's groove. And Showalter does crap like this all the time. And so he 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 went out and he insisted that that Musgrove had some some foreign substance and was using it on the ball and he was getting it from his ears. And now if it were me, I would just stick my finger in my ear hole and just get the earwax out and I think that would, you know, you know, then my defense would be like, "What? It's natural." You know. <laughs> I will say his I ears will, were shiny. His ears were super shiny. That's super weird. Yeah, Joe. I saw a tweet where Andrew McCutcheon said that he swears he was using Icy Hot or something like that on his ears because on pitchers, his ears, like, yeah, because pitchers do that to like keep themselves focused or something, and um, but that it doesn't it doesn't have a grippy kind of. You know, stuff. as a lo- lifelong nerd, I got to tell you, you jocks are weird. You do weird <laughs> stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm, I was. I have a... icy hots on my ears right now. Ben. <laughs> I oh yeah, well, my, maybe maybe that's why you're so good. You're always locked in because you got am, the icy hot in. on your ears. Exactly. Locked in. <laughs> <laughs> My spin rate is up, man. I'm yeah, I'm sweet. Well, anyway, today, folks, is Wednesday, October twelfth, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants went zero and zero this week because they're <laughs> pathetic losers and they didn't make the playoffs. Um, I mean. They I don't know. Pathetic they... losers. They were pathetic, mediocre, mediocre team. Mediocre team. Yeah. You know, we, we argued about what the title of last week's show should be. And for those of you who don't remember, I named a show early on. Um, one of our early episodes in, in last season, I named it Sister Kisses because it was a phrase that I had thrown out in the middle of um, the show. Which which made Matthew really excited. Matthew loves this title and loves the phrase. And I suggested that we call it Sister Kisses too. And I, I just try my hardest to avoid ever saying that phrase. So, uh, no. The second I kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. A little foreshadowing to my drink, yeah. perhaps. But Accidental, yes. question mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's how miserable 81 and 81 is. Uh, yeah. So, I okay, you're right. Pathetic middle place. Nobody cares about middle place. Nope. Right, I don't middle care. place. Middle place might be might as well be last place. I mean, I will say this: they're one of the first losers. You know, one of the first teams to not make the playoffs. You know, the only the only team more pathetic than the Giants is the Brewers. <laughs> but anyway, they didn't do anything. Unfortunately, the Padres and the Dodgers both did do something. The Padres won two baseball games and advanced an entire playoff round, and they are now playing, said Dodgers. I think even as we speak. Even as we speak. Last time I saw the score was tied. And uh, I don't know. I think I saw a strike them out, throw them out, double play. And um, yeah. Anyway, you know, the Dodgers have won one game in the playoffs. The Padres have won three games in the playoffs. And you know what I feel like, Matthew? We don't really, you know, we're, we're, we don't, you're my only sibling <laughs> that I know of. And I'm your only sibling that, that I know, you of. know of. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so we don't really, neither of us really knows what it's like to be the middle brother, right? The middle sibling. Yeah. But I feel like we are the middle sibling right now. Like our older brother and our younger brother got to go to the playoff baseball game and we couldn't because we got grounded because we didn't do our chores. Yeah. You know, we were supposed to clean up our minor league drawers and we didn't. No. So we don't deserve to go to the playoff games. Right. We got our old ratty underwear still in there and we were supposed to clean it out. And mom had given us a new pack of underwear that we were supposed to take care of and we didn't. And so, uh, yeah, using your scenario, are the, the 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 Diamondbacks and the Rockies like the redheaded stepchild? Is is that? <laughs> They're the siblings we don't know of. <laughs> That's right. Until 
Until Ancestry and Me points it out. Yeah, until much later in life, you know. <laughs> then Grandma's got some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, but we can't talk about it because she's got cancer. <laughs> wow, I don't know why I went there. That's, yeah, dark. that's, that's dark, <laughs> This <man>. is dark. <laughs> I'm not even drunk yet. I'm not even drunk yet. Um, yeah, so, but anyway, don't worry, folks. We're going to talk more about playoff baseball. If you want to hear us talk about the Padres and Dodgers more, just wait a few minutes. Uh, you know what? I think we deserve this. We deserve it. It's, it's got to it's gotta stoke the anger in our hearts so that we remain, you know, we, that we, we, we continue to hold Scott Harris and Farhan Zaidi accountable. Who's Scott Harris? I, I I don't know. Isn't that isn't that the GM? Right? Because far I don't know what's happened to baseball in the last forty years. Matthew used to be only a GM, and he right. was does, in charge does, of the baseball. I mean, but now does, we have this whole new thing called President of Baseball Operations. Yes. Like it's like title inflation, right? Right. Yes. And so so you used to just have the GM, but now you have the President of Baseball Operations, and he's the boss. Right. And that's Farhan, and then we had a GM, and I, I'm pretty sure Scott Harris was our GM, right? Was, yeah, and yeah, I, at least I, I think so. I mean, we never hear about anybody but Farhan, and you and I talk about Farhan right. all the time. We never say Scott Harris, and and I feel like the GM position has evolved, or devolved, I should probably say, into like, you know, those companies that use the term vice president for like every level, like, I mean, there's vice there's like a hundred vice presidents whoa, you know, whoa, in a whoa, business. Whoa, 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 Hey, look, vice president is an important role in a company, okay? <laughs> there's if, if there's like a hundred of them, how important can it be? My company doesn't even ha- oh, we're not talking about me. Okay. I got, sorry, I was I got offended there a little is bit. Your, is your title know. a vice president? I wouldn't even ever know. No, it's not even that good. Okay. So yeah, what do you care? <laughs> Give it to the man. Uh, seriously. Um yeah. Well, no, I only know Scott Harris's name because you and I uh, worked it out. We Googled it, it. Yeah. We Googled it because we remembered, oh, wait, he left to become the the baseball head of baseball, head of baseball oper- operations, operations for the Detroit Tigers. That's right. Which so is like he's... a death knell, right? I mean, that's, that's right. That's right. For careers so, go to die. Yeah. yeah. So we're also going to talk about um, his replacement. Um, It'll fill um, my pockets. Yeah. But we have something else to do. But before we do, I, I do want to point something out. Joe Musgrove's ears are really big. They're like huge. Right. Which is why you would never like hide anything like there. I mean, they're like beacons, you know, it's not like you just like gonna just casually reach up and yeah. grab your like Dumbo size ear. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's I, like Buck Walter looked at him and he's like, what did they make fun about this kid when he was in school? Oh, I got it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> Just see later anyway. after, he, after he struck out a, uh, you know one of the batters, he looked over his shoulder and then you know, wiped under his nose. <laughs> Walter totally deserves that. Totally deserves that. He's such a... Ugh. Uh. But anyway, you know, folks, we're not here just to talk about baseball. We're also here to talk about something much more important. Booze. Intoxication. Oh, yes. That too. Uh, and 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 yes, and the way we become intoxicated is through booze. Bob, ask Matthew the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Ben, Bob, mentioned earlier that he wanted to name the podcast, you know, Kisses, Sister Kisses 2. And it just so happened... This week, I was looking through for cocktails that I might want to try, and I came across a cocktail called Dos Besitos. Dos Besitos means in Spanish, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, means two kisses. And uh, as you might guess, uh, a drink that is in Spanish uh, is made of tequila. And uh, this this cocktail has uh, two types of tequila, a blanco and a reposado which I think actually signifies the dos in the dos besitos. So you're getting two kisses of tequila. Uh, now, and I'll just, I'll read out the, the, the ingredients and then we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, to make this, you use an ounce of Blanco tequila, an ounce of Reposado tequila, three quarter ounces of pineapple juice, half an ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of agave syrup, 
and a teaspoon of grenadine. And like you, Ben, I make my own grenadine. So I had some uh, fresh homemade grenadine that I added in there. And you know, when I first took a sip of it, the first thing that came to mind was tiki. Mm. And mm. Uh, the, the, the pineapple really kind of brings you to that tiki level. And the two different types of tequila, you've got the smokiness of the reposado and you've got kind of the brightness from the Blanco. And it, it all mixes together really well into a very, um, very nice uh, tiki-esque drink. And uh, this one, I you, know, you shake it all up in a cocktail shaker and with ice and you double strain it into a coupe glass. And there's no garnish on it. You just serve it as it's a nice, uh, mine is a kind of a pale pink and uh, it's delicious. And I would recommend it uh, to anyone that uh, would like that likes tequila and, you know, maybe even likes uh, tiki drinks. I think it's a, it's an excellent cocktail. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yes, Bob, it is a tasty cocktail. And I've never seen a drink that has two different types of tequila in it. And that was, you know, a real draw to me was to try and figure that one out. And uh, I was doing a little research. The guy that uh, that made it was a bartender. Uh, named Scott Teague uh, in a restaurant called Death and Company uh, and uh, was a great, great uh, find there. I think that, uh, and, and I will say the, where I find it is I use this app called Cocktail Party. And this is not a sponsored post, although Cocktail Party, they certainly wanted to sponsor it. I would, I would okay it. But they, uh, Cocktail Party is an app where you can put in all the ingredients you have in your bar, like all the boozes and mixers and everything you have in your bar. And then it will tell you what, drinks you can make with what you have in your bar. And uh, this was one of those that uh, popped up that I had never heard of before. And that's what I like about it is it just it gives you some drinks that maybe you never thought of or never heard of. And uh, it's a nice little way of kind of exploring and, and experimenting. So that's my drink. Bob, ask Ben what he's drinking. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. You know, Bob... I'm sitting here in my luscious purple bathrobe and my V-neck t-shirt that was selected for me by a woman who says her name is Lauren, but probably isn't. Wait a minute. You have like a personal shopper? Yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're paying her, just pay me half and I will send you wife beater t-shirts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this one's black, okay? <laughs> this one's black. I look sophisticated. Okay. Yeah. I look I look a little buff in this in this shirt, which is quite, quite honestly why I'm wearing it. But also why I put my bathrobe over it. My uh, my critical role purple bathrobe. And if and you know, listeners, if you know you know. Listeners, it it this bathrobe, um, yeah, it's purple with like a mauve like liner or inside, and mm-hmm. so it kind of um, yeah, it's it, it really brings out your the the brown of your eyes. It's in an honor of a fictional character named Gilmore, who is very outlandish. Um, true story. Um, yes, folks, I'm a critter. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't look it up because it's super nerdy. No offense, critters. Love you. I have no idea what you're um, talking about. I know you don't. Uh, that's because you're not as nerdy as me. No. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so I'm sitting here, but why am I lounging like this? Uh, you know, Matthew, because I don't care. I don't care anymore. I stopped caring. Now, the truth is, I stopped caring pretty much in June when it was clear to me how bad this team was on defense. But I've been putting up the fight, you know? I've been putting on a happy face. I've been getting up. I've been making my cocktails. And then we went into that whole thing where we had to plan ahead. And I was diving into the tiki. And I was putting in the work, you know? Because that's that's what that's what my generation does. Work hard, play hard. That's Generation X, for those of you who forgot about us. We're the ones between the millennials and the boomers, you know? You could throw a little hate our way. We invented all of the horrible things about the internet. <laughs> Right? Like, ah, it's not just about the boomers. You know, we did some bad things, too. You could lambast us on occasion. Okay? Exactly. I mean, you know, we, we invented Google, for crying out loud. That's right. I mean, we, our generation. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart it. enough to, to, I would not have never thought of the page rank algorithm or AdWords. But anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, I've been mailing it in and, and, but, but luckily while I was watching playoff baseball, I remembered that I love the game of baseball, not just the Giants. And I thought, you know what? I, I want to get back to basics. You know, I want to get back to simplicity. I want to get back to what is the core of my love of the game. But more importantly, my love of cocktails. And so today I am drinking an old familiar friend, a definitive favorite. And yes, it is a favorite among favorites because we all know I have 67 favorites. 69, nice. Uh, and... Today, I am drinking one of those pinnacle cocktails. And no, folks, it is not the French 75 because there's nothing to celebrate today. I am drinking a daiquiri. And what is a daiquiri, Matthew? Well, a daiquiri is kind of like the core cocktail. I, I think it's like it's a proto tiki drink. You know, you don't serve it on crushed ice. You don't. I mean, I guess I, I guess some people think daiquiris are, are just blended ice with some sort of fruit syrup. But no, I'm drinking a traditional uh, daiquiri, which is two parts rum, one part lime juice, and in my case, one part and maybe a little extra simple syrup because I like my cocktails sweet. And this is right, basically one of your, this is like the most basic cocktail you can make, right? It's two parts spirit, one part sour, one part sweet. And, um, but this one, because it's rocking the rum, and in my case, I'm using a golden rum, hence the golden color. Um, traditionally, this cocktail appears almost white, um, but in my case, it's a beautiful golden color because I'm using an aged rum. And it is, um, quite honestly, if you told me I could only ever drink daiquiris for the rest of my life, I would be super happy, right? It is so easy to make. It is such a wonderful refreshing but also contemplative cocktail you put it in a nice coupe and uh and you look like a sophisticated fellow you know because you're you can hold a stemmed cocktail man you can hold a stemmed cocktail glass you can do it you do it by the stem right up near the base of the glass you don't grip the the, the top of it you hold it daintily with two fingers and you sit from it And you get just a pleasant, like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a word for this, but it just kind of takes you away, you know? Like, if you close your eyes and you just focus on the flavors, you could be anywhere. You, you could almost just hear the crashing of the waves on the beach as the roaring it Roaring of the crowd. The, the roaring of the, of the crowd. That's right. As... As Mike Yastrzemski is hitting a grand slam to walk off the Giants into sweet, sweet victory. What I'm saying is the daiquiri can do magical things. And it can bring you to magical places. And what's amazing about it is it's really simple. You know, it's the basis of, of, of so many other cocktails. And, and that's what I'm doing, Matthew. I'm getting back to basics. Well, you know, uh, it's... I... Yeah. I... I applaud you for going back to basics. I think the daiquiri is one of the staples of cocktails that uh, any anyone who's dabbling in cocktails needs to make that part of their their um, repertoire. I will say that this last weekend, remember we talked about I was in San Francisco uh, on Thursday and Friday and Thursday night went out with some of my colleagues and we had dinner and I they had a limited uh, cocktail menu on the on the actual menu right and i was looking at some of them and they were all a lot of them were on the dry side and the negronis and things like that and uh, you know not really so i i think i went with a whiskey sour at first and which was fine uh they put a little too much water in it for my for my taste but uh it was fine and then the lady came and asked if i'd want another and i said yes i would like a daiquiri and i figured that's a simple cocktail like, let's just keep it simple. Oh, no. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. We don't make those. What? And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I asked for an old-fashioned instead, uh, which also had too much water in it. 
But uh, that's another story. And and then, though, a fr- my colleague next to me, she, uh, a woman comes and sits down next to me, a uh, colleague, and she's drinking a lemon drop. And I'm okay. like, so <laughs> they, they make lemon, lemon drop. drops, but they're not making daiquiris. And then it hit me. The waitress thought I meant a blended icy slush. Yeah, she did. And I just kind of smacked my head. And kind of shook it and was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to order any more drinks. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs when you need to order a simple daiquiri by recipe. Right? I mean, I I imagine if you had made this order to the bartender, they would have known what you were asking for. I I would prefer to believe. Um, I would prefer to believe. You know what? There are a number of good tiki bars in San Francisco, by the way. I mean, Smuggler's Cove and... I'm a, I'm a per, I like Pagan Idol. It's got a little. I mean, what I like about Pagan Idol is not just their cocktails, which I think are good quality, but also the the whole Disney esque feel. Like they got these things that like shoot out like, uh, you know, that smoke, that fake smoke. Yeah, yeah. And there are a number of others as well. Um, but uh, what the Tonga Room at the at the Fairmont, I think. Anyway, lots of good tiki bars in San Francisco. Is what I'm saying. What I'm saying, if you're in a bar and you want a daiquiri, make sure you explain. Yeah, that I mean that is you know, the sad rum, thing. Rum, lime, isn't and it? simple syrup, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I used to walk by the Pagan Idol a lot on my way from work to Bart, and I would just stop in there, and I would. They had a, on their menu. It was just a simple, straight up daiquiri, and it's such a simple cocktail. You think, why would I ever want to have a bartender make this for me if I could just make this at home? But there's just like a really good professional who knows how to knows what they're doing. It just it just tastes better that way. But, you know, not that I make a bad daiquiri. I think I make a pretty good one. But there's just something nice about being able to sit down at a bar and, you know. And then, yeah, like you can close your eyes and imagine that you're, you know, far away or the Giants are much better <laughs> better than they are or whatever. Uh, well, that's... Yeah, but it, it's a classic and that's sad, though. It's been ruined by the blended ices. Ruined. Ruined. But folks, I encourage you to make one of your own um, and even experiment as I have. I've been making a number of these with different kinds of rum because I have acquired a lot of different kinds of rum because of my deep dive into tiki. And um, yeah. Well, Matthew, since we're on the topic of talking about magical moments... Maybe we should talk about the magic of October baseball. Or the fact that you don't care because your team's not in it anymore. <laughs> we could talk about that, too. We could talk about that, too, if you if you would like. But I made a promise last week that I would talk about this. And you made it very clear that you had no interest. Although you you tried a little bit, we did. I have, you did I have a little bit of interest. Like I, I I'm not going to change my life to go watch a game like I would with the Giants, right? I, yeah. Like if the Giants, I would have cleared my schedule. I'd be like calling it <coughs> sick on Tuesday or whatever mm-hmm. to watch the game in the middle of the day or whatever. I'd been there, but I don't really care what the Guardians do or the Blue Jays or whatever team happened to make it in the American League. I I just I don't care, and and I, I do care enough to kind of look at the scores after. Like, you know, I'm like curious mm-hmm. and I'll watch some highlights and kind of see what's going on. So I, I know what happened, but I'm sorry. I'm just not going to like, you know, carve out my day around playoff baseball for teams I don't care about. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I don't well, think I'm alone here. I don't think I'm alone. I think. No, you're definitely not alone. You're definitely not alone. But you this know, is why I, this I, is why the networks want like teams from like New York and L.A. to make the playoffs every year. That's right. That's right, because they want teams that have wider appeal or larger fan bases so that they can drive up the ratings. Um, but, you know, I I do like baseball, and I do like magical baseball, right? Like, the game of the year that we had was when Mike Kostremski hit that walk-off home run, and that was a really magical moment. Unfortunately, I think it was made a little bit extra magical because the team had been scuffling a lot up to that point, and we really were hopeful that that was going to be a turning point. You know, so context matters, Right. When these great unexpected moments in baseball happens, they're 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 heightened by the fact that the context of the situation is it has made that that situation even more important. And that's what playoff baseball does. Right. And and we've had a lot of magical moments already happen in this playoff uh, season. Right. Like I think, um, you know, 
uh, in particular, the Mariners had a, a an absolutely stunning comeback against the Jay, the Blue Jays, um, on Saturday to to finish off a two game sweep away, um, thereby ensuring the first playoff game in Seattle in twenty one years. Um, so that was a really magical and cool moment to see, you know, and, and I know for Giants fans, it's like, it might be hard to watch and you're like, I don't care, but, but here's what I do, Matthew, is I actually list all the teams in my mind and I say, okay, I might put them in a spreadsheet, whatever. I'm a nerd. It's fine. And I say, okay, which of these teams pisses me off the least as a Giants fan, right? And and then I rank them all. And and basically everybody in the National League, I have a bone to pick with. Right? Wait, I'm I'm still stuck on this whole spreadsheet thing. Really? A spreadsheet? No, not really. <laughs> I I try to keep it simple. Like my two favorite teams are the Giants and anyone playing the Dodgers, right? And Okay, so... no, we're gonna get to that. Okay, okay, because that's BS. Okay, first of all, <laughs> that's that's complete and total BS. I'm you're not wrong about the Dodger thing, but like there are some teams that don't pass muster. And so we're going to get to that. We're okay. going to get to that. And okay. I'm leading up to that. But what I do is like, so So for example, in the National League, obviously the team that I want to see advance the least is the Dodgers, right? Yes. You know, Agreed. duck the Fodgers, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everybody else, oh God, it, was, it was what? The Cardinals. Ugh. Ugh. How many times have the Giants like gone toe-to-toe with those guys and and – and lost. And okay, we've, we've won in some fair moments, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I was at some beautiful games where we knocked the Cardinals out. And uh, and I've watched some beautiful games where we knocked the Cardinals out. Don't get me wrong. We probably won more than we lost, but I still hate those guys. Particularly because of 1987, you know? And and Jose Akindo and, and was it Ozzie Smith jumping poor Will Clark? Will Clark, who was a gentleman and a scholar and just, you know. <laughs> who did nothing wrong with did his nothing slide wrong into second ever. base. Whatever. It was baseball. It was 1980s baseball. That's okay? right. That's right. And, it was uh, one of those ones where you just took it if you were a middle infielder. That's right. right. And the, the, the fact that they got in his face, whatever. Like, uh, hate those guys. And, uh, you know, so it couldn't be them. Then there was the Braves, right? Well, we all know how I feel about 1993 and just like the Braves can't stand them, right? So just no. The Dodgers, obvious. The Padres, well, we already talked about the fact that, I mean, you know how this is. Like when your little brother shows you up, it's a painful thing, right? And... Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Hey, when was the last time we played wiffle ball? <laughs> I think that ball's still flying, man. I think it's still going. That is probably uh, the purest yeah. I've ever done anything in my entire life. Yeah, it was a good is hit, hit. It was a is good hit. hit that ball. Yeah, it's the last. Yeah. It's the last. That's the last play in our uh, wiffle ball uh, uh, rivalry. I, I don't know why that is. Did, did anyway, you, did, I, I, I refreshed my memory on that though. Did was it you wanted to go out on top, or I was like, no, we're not doing this anymore. I mean, I think really you were too old. Because you are five years older than me. But I I think that was the real, you know, it's like one of the last few times that you were actually, you know, at home and I was, you know, at home. Uh, But really, no, it's because you were a wimp and you were a coward and you just couldn't. You just were like, no, this is only going to get worse. Well, yeah, I mean, I was 20 and already starting to wear down. You were fat and lazy. You were drinking cocktails every day. I couldn't drink legally. (laughs) Yeah. Forget that I was a Division (laughs) I college athlete. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, (laughs) I was one of Allegedly. those two. I know what that means. <laughs> I lasted all four years, though. So, <laughs> uh, okay, we're digressing here, but uh, we're digressing. I got tired of blowing out my hamstring, so I went into the. I I I joined the drinking club instead, the drinking team. Yes. Instead, ah, oh, the debate team. I'm sorry. <laughs> same uh, difference. <laughs> same difference. So so anyway. Um, that's how I rank all the teams, and and when it came down to it, there was only one National League team. National League team that I liked, which was the Mets. And like is an understatement, right? Because it's a New York team and you're just like, uh, but you know, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, <laughs> hey, the Mets are kind of like the Knicks, right? So you can see where Knicks came from. <laughs> the Mets are like the Knicks in that they should win, but they don't. And I feel a little bit sorry for them. And so that's kind of why. They were my number one pick for the National League. But really, I was hoping that the American League teams would win. And I don't like the Yankees because they have the most World Series titles. 
And the Giants used to be the dominant team in baseball, and the Yankees kind of surpassed them by a lot with all of their, like, anti-labor, horrible practices that they were doing, you know. Um, just just treating their labor horribly. Um, and uh, and then there's the Astros, who we all know why we don't like them, because they're cheaters. Um, and they're new from GM Texas. for the Giants, by the way, from the Astros. I, I, oh, and they're they're in Texas. Ah, it doesn't really bother me. You know, somebody's got to be in Texas. Might no, as well be. The... You don't have to be in Texas. You could relocate. <laughs> you could. Uh, yeah, Elon, come back, please. No, don't <laughs> oh, go. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but anyway, um, so you know, like that. So we can't root for those guys, right? Because they're cheaters. Although, yes, there is the Dusty Baker thing, and I, I do think it would be nice for Dusty to, to win a ring. But but beyond that, oh, and there's Doobie. I like Doobie. But really, I wanted the, I wanted, I was like, okay, it could be the Guardians, it could be the Rays, it could be the Mariners, it could be the... Uh, Blue Jays. Rays? No, sorry, the Blue Jays? Yeah. And, um, you know, the problem is, though, Matthew, that those four teams played each other, and they eliminated each other from in the first round. And that was like, man. And now they got to go up against, uh, you know, the top teams in baseball. But what is interesting to me is that a couple interesting things happened. Number one, all of the visiting teams, they went three and one in the opening round. And then the dominant upper seeds lost a lot of the opening round games, right? I think the Yankees were the only ones that won. No, the Dodgers won. But then, you know, the other two teams lost, and and the announcers asked a bunch of questions, and I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but they were like, oh, did the layoff hurt you? You know, because the Phillies jumped um, jumped on on the Braves, Max Fried and the Braves, and, um, and uh, what was the other series? It's not Dodgers-Padres. Was it also in the AL? Philadelphia-Atlanta. Philadelphia and Atlanta. Yeah, they jumped over Max Freed. Who else is in the National League? What, who am I for? Sorry, who else oh. is in the AL? It's the Seattle and Houston and Cleveland and New York. Cleveland and New York. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No, sorry. Um, well, they ended up winning. The Astros ended up winning, but the Mariners kind of jumped all over Verlander. Right. Yeah. Who's gonna win this? I second? had already. I already had it in the books. I I texted you that uh, Seattle and Philadelphia were going to the World Series. Right. Right. Well, and, and the point is, is that, like, you know, the dominant team didn't win and they were asking all these questions if the layoff hurt hurt these teams. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't it clearly clear. I mean, Jordan Alvarez had one of the most magical moments in baseball to save the Astros um, and uh, against the Mariners. But um, but ultimately, like that was a game the really the Astros should have lost. Yeah. And um, I guess my question for you is, do you like I think the announcers just want to have stuff to talk about, like not the the media. And they were like, oh, maybe the layoff hurts these teams. Do you think the layoff hurts these teams? No, because it allows them to line up their their pitching staff. So their pitchers are well rested. And, you know, I give me a break. Like, I I don't think it, it I mean, you don't when you come off the all star break. You know, people aren't like, oh, the All-Star break gave them, uh, you know, a disadvantage. I mean, it's you know, true. So it gives everybody just, a chance to reset their rotation. Yeah. Gives everybody I, a, a chance thing. to rest. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't want it, right? I mean, otherwise, so, no, I don't think it, it causes a disadvantage. And I think that the announcers just kind of grasp at straws and like, oh, let's talk about something. And, yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, look, these are all playoff teams. They're all good. And right. good teams beat good play, good pitchers. Exactly. You know? Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, but it is one of those things that that really kind of, you know, I noticed from the opening round was that. And the, the, but the other thing I noticed is that three of the visiting teams won in a three game series. Well, and, and I think you know, the three game series is is the key there because uh, is there how much of a, of a home field advantage is there in three games? You know, I, I think that uh, anyone can win two. And right. Yeah. So I just I. Again, I, I, but you know, this is the first time that they've done this. It's a new, new format, and you know, we'll have to see over the next several years whether there's any kind of thoughts to this after we see some patterns. But um, yeah, I think anybody can win a three-game series, and and you know, it doesn't really matter if you're home or away. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, right? Because it's like, do you want to try to fight in the regular season to win that home field advantage, right? Knowing that you're that there's no way that you can get the buy. And I yeah. think right now the answer is no. 
you would much rather rest your team. Like if you're if you're a shoe in, but it's just your place isn't you know you probably want to line up your pitching you probably want to get your guys rested you probably want to do whatever it's going to take to win that series rather than worry about where it's going to be played and uh i think that really kind of um you know uh bore itself out um i will give giants fans one other reason that they could have watched the opening round of baseball which was that the blue jays mariners series was called on television by by dave fleming Really? And he was paired with uh, Kirchin from ESPN. Oh, interesting. What's his, what's his first name? Tim. I can't remember. Tim. Tim Kirchin. And they actually had quite the rapport going. I mean, it was like they were best buds and they were giving each other a hard time about this thing and everything. You know, there was one time where Kirchin had to make the call because I guess Dave was taking too long to come back from the potty. <laughs> and he had to read the ad read. And then he said, you know what? We, we decided that, uh, that we don't need you anymore. But then we realized it's probably a bad time for me to do my first play-by-play. Anyway, it was really, it was very comforting to watch a baseball game and hear a familiar voice, you know? And what's really cool is that the Mariners had that amazing comeback on Saturday. They came back from seven runs down to win that series. And now forever, they're going to be watching television replays of that. But their TV guys weren't on the call. It was Dave Fleming. So Dave Fleming now has this, like, you know, he is forever going to be the voice of a great Mariner highlight. And it's 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 almost synonymous to to the play where they had where, you know, they they I don't even remember it was, but um, they cleared the bases. Like, what is that? You know, do you remember that highlight from Mariners? The Mariners had this one longtime announcer and it was like the it was like the 2001 team, the team where they won, you know, set the record for wins. and Yeah. Anyway. These are all reasons to watch playoff baseball, Matthew. Well, I'd say I didn't know that. I would have watched Fleming. Do you think he well, like when 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 Kirkjian gives him crap? Do you think he'd be like, well, you know, you didn't go to Stanford, so shut up? Like I, you know, I mean, he went to the university. Try just looked it up. Kirkjian went to the University of Maryland, so you know, I, oh, I think you know, yeah, you know, Flem doesn't hold that over anybody, right? Because he could hold that over the whole Giants team. <laughs> yeah, but he's also the young guy in the Giants team, so. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's still the... the he's the in his 40s. He's yeah, the he's, young guy. He's he been is, doing it for he's 20 still years. In the pegging order in the booth, he's still the young guy. And, uh, you know, there's... Dave yeah. Fleming is one of the most sought-after and highly-rated baseball announcers in the game. Oh, he's excellent. And, and not just baseball. Lucky. He's, yeah. like, all sports. I mean, the Giants are lucky. Uh, We've got such great announcers. No, we do. We absolutely do. Um, and, I, I mean, I think I think the rest of that team totally recognizes how good Dave is. I think I remember from about 10 years ago, I remember hearing, you know, Dave, it was what it was, it was one, it was either Kruk or Kipe talking, giving a talk about, about Dave and how uh, he, he pulled them aside at one point and said, and this, this folks could be total, total Ben's false memories. So don't hold me to this. But I have a memory of, of him calling the team out and saying like, guys, you have to stop treating me like the rookie because I've been here for 10 years. <laughs> And they realized, oh man, time flies, right? <laughs> and uh, Matthew, you and I can we can probably relate, right? It's yes. like, oh wow, it, yeah, it seems like just yesterday, but it has been ten years, hasn't it? It has, um, yes. right? Because you still think of him as the young guy, the new guy. He is, yes, the new guy. He just is like, the new you know, guy. I, well, no, I mean, yeah, there's that's a lot, lot. Like I, I never, I don't think of Longoria as a giant. Still, like I, I think of him as you know a Tampa Bay Ray who just joined the Giants. Like, so yeah, you know, there's there's those examples wow. all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there are examples all over the place. But but the point is, is like it, it has actually been a really really good postseason so far. Yeah. Um, well, and and, I, and I think you know that I think one thing great about postseason is that there are memories and 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 moments that are made you know for team lore, right? I mean, we'll always remember. You know, uh, Cody Ross, and uh, we'll always, you know, remember Bumgardner and just these playoff moments that are kind of Connor in our Gillespie minds. And, exactly. and Travis Ishikawa, Travis Ishikawa. right? Yeah. All that, right? And and so you know, now the you know, the, uh, the Astros have Jordan Alvarez, you know, and uh, uh, you know, two out walk off home run to win a playoff game. I mean, that's that was iconic. a monster moment. That was a monster moment, right? 
And and I think what's really cool, like, you know, you and I have been at some of these playoff games, right? There's the infamous Ben miscounted the score, J.T. Snow <laughs> moment. I, I'm so sorry, sorry for you. I'm sad for you that you didn't get to experience that joy in the in the moment. <laughs> I did experience the joy. It was just delayed. <laughs> I value the story very much because I'm like, why are these 40,000 people going crazy? They're all so stupid. Why We're is my brother hugging a... strangers? Why is my brother yeah, hugging me? We're yes, down yes. by a run. What are all of these idiots so excited about? For those of you who may be hearing the story for the first time, when uh, Ben and I were attending a playoff game of the Giants and against the Mets, and J.T. Snow hit a game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the crowd just erupts, right? And we're I'm literally hugging the guy next to me, strangers. I'm hugging Ben, and and Ben has this look of confusion on his face because he thought that they were down. We were still down by a run. <laughs> he did one of those total side hugs, you know, folks. Like when you get hugged from the side, and you're not hugging back because, like, I don't know. Like, why would you hug me when we're down by a run? Yeah, it's you're like you. You're my gym teacher. Why are you hugging me? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are the same, right? But but anyway, yeah, it was like that. I, I didn't know. I was like, we're still down by a run. This is like, why is everybody so excited? I mean, I know, like, we haven't had much to cheer about in this game. I remember thinking that. I went through all of these things, and then I realized, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then I started getting excited. And then I hugged my brother back. It's not like I didn't get there. You all know? right, all see, right. But see, I won't feel so see, bad for him. See, so there, there's, there's, there's when doing bad math is actually to your benefit. (laughs) I had a delayed response. I got to have, and now it's a story I get to tell to all the kids. And we think these moments happen all the time, right? We think, you know, just because they're, they're etched in our memories, but you know, a two out to end a playoff game, game, you know, a walk off is rare. That's right. Uh, I think I heard them on the game say that Jordan Alvarez's home run was the first two out playoff walk off home run since Kirk Gibson did it. Who? Um, ah, there's some guy played for some, some guy team. playing on one leg. I do remember this. It was against the Oakland Athletics, against one of their greatest players of all time, um, yeah, uh, Dennis, Dennis Eckersley. Eckersley. Yeah. So uh, that definitely happened to the A's, and I and then it definitely sucks for them. And I think they hate the fact that they see it on TV all the time. Kind of like how the Dodgers hate seeing Bobby Thompson's home run. That's how A's probably feel about this particular home run by um, John Gibson. Yep. Is that his yep. name? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that was like, he was like, he wasn't very good. He couldn't, he was really slow. And so they didn't like to play him or something. It was, yeah. he had something wrong with him. Well, he had an injured leg. Yes. So he came off the bench <laughs> and pinched it. Something like that. I, we all know he had an injured leg, Matthew. We just don't want to like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, that is probably one of the greatest. I mean, it obviously is one of the greatest home runs, but it might be the greatest home run in baseball history. Yeah. We all want to think uh, it's Bobby Thompson. But come on, that was his only game that he played in that series. Wow. Yeah. No, impressive. <laughs> and against one of the greatest relievers of all time. I mean, you know, there's, it wasn't just yeah. some scrum. It was Yeah. And it, like, if he had hit a single, he couldn't have legged it out. You know? It had right. to be a home run or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, screw those guys. Well, speaking of, so Jordan Alvarez, you know, as we were um, talking about him, I was looking him up and came across a nugget that, uh, that might be a good segue into our, our next, uh, topic, but, uh, Jordan Alvarez was traded from the Dodgers to the Astros in 2016 for Josh Fields. You know, good old Josh, right? Josh Fields, household name, Josh Fields, and and what's interesting about oh, yeah. that is that the, the general manager for the Dodgers who traded Jordan Alvarez to the Astros was one Farhan Zaidi, and uh, yeah, didn't get the best of that trade. And and interestingly enough, the Giants' new GM was part of the brain trust that acquired Jordan Alvarez from. From the Dodgers, a good old Pedro Flotilla. No, I believe his name is McAvee O. Simpson. No, no, no. I think it's Preston Puffing. It's Ogilvy Johnson. No, 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 no. Peyton Pugilist. <laughs> it's it's Jasper Eustace Finus 
It doesn't really Hold, matter what his name Holden is. McGroin. Nobody cares what his name is. I, I mean, my first impression of this guy was he's got to have a better photographer because uh, <laughs> the, the, the press photo that they released to him was like some college frat boy who was like dimples and puffy face and looked like he just come back from drinking all night. Like, I was like, dude, that's the photo. That's is that the, the one photo? with the smile where it looks like his mom said, smile, sweetie? And he's yes. like, he's like seven and he's the biggest dork and he's just like, Nyeh. exactly. And well, didn't you tell me, like, you sent me a picture from some one of the other, like a pretty big publication who decided not to run that photo. Yes, Bleacher Report. Their right, lead so photo the, was of him wearing a mask. <laughs> right, but it wasn't just him wearing a mask. It was him wearing a mask, walking up the stairs yeah, some, like, in an like empty action stadium. Shot, him looking over his shoulder with a mask. That it looked like somebody took the photo from like, you know, a quarter mile of away. Yes, yes. Right? Of away. From a quarter of a mile away. And uh, does this man not have any good photos? Like, uh, um, excuse me, Justin McSimpson. And what's his name? Uh, Michael Ongila. Michael, oh, Michelle. I think that's pronounced Oh, it's Michelle. 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 No. All right. Pete Putila. Pete Putila. Pete, we're going to forget your name just the same way that we forgot Scott's name. Scott who? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What did Scott do exactly? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. He kept his head low enough to become baseball Well, whatever he did, Pete's going to do it now. And Pete, like... Go to the mall and get your photo taken by that, you know, whatever the in-mall photo thing is, right? <laughs> and pay for as many packages as you need until the person at the counter, the young lady who's helping you at the register, le- honestly says, yes, it's a good photo of you. Just keep doing that. Alternatively, you could come to my house and my teenage daughter will teach you how to take a really good selfie. <laughs> Portrait mode on an iPhone works wonders, Pete. But here's here's what I like about that. Pete ain't got time to look pretty. Pete's too busy looking into baseball. Yes. Right? You, yes. He's got minor leaguers to scout. That's right. He's got minor leaguers to develop. Because that's actually one of the things that, uh, I, I don't know, I saw Pavlovich tweet about this. And you know, if Pavlovich tweets it, it's true. <laughs> that's right. It's definitive. It's proof. But Pavlovich tweeted that uh, reportedly Mr. Putila, Pete, his strength is player development. And interestingly enough, Pavlovich also said the P word. He said that new owner, Posey, how long is it until Posey's the chairman? Uh, It's got to be like a year year? or two away, right? Yeah. Right? Like... (laughs) Because they, Pavlovich made it sound like this was a direct order from Buster. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's the wrong approach here, but it's just striking to me. It was like Buster decreed that we must do player development. And not just at the minor league level, but also the major league level. And we need a GM who is the master of such things. And that is why they brought in Pete, because that's that's what he's good at. How, how could he, you know, how good could he be for 33 years old, though? There are players on the team that are older than him. Like, 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 I, and I'm just, Matt, being, I'm, I'm saying this tongue in cheek because the guy's young, but my, uh, you know, it is interesting that he's so young. He's 33 years old. Well, first of all, this is the only job he's ever had, right? He, 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 he got a job there as an intern in Houston out of college and he's worked his way up. And look, if there's one thing that we know about the Houston Astros is they will do anything to win. Yes. Right? Like, we know that about them. We also and know so, that they have good taste in garbage cans. Well, they, they have to have a good, nice, hollow sound. <laughs> yes. It has to really reverberate reverberate around the... But but not sound too strange, right? No, it's got to blend right. in. Yeah. Blend in. So anyway, the point is they have they, they have a strong attention to detail and they really, really want to win. And so, you know, you think, oh, they just cheat? No, they don't just cheat. They also do the other things well as well. Because look, now, now they're being held to very close account. And I guarantee you, Dusty Baker is not a cheater. Oh, no, he, he's many things, but not a cheater. He is not a cheater. And I mean, he might look the other way when people are cheating, I guess. Hmm. 
Now that I think about it. Oh, I got to rethink this whole thesis. <laughs> hey, it was legal, Ben. It was legal. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't cheating. <laughs> it it wasn't legal, Matthew. It was definitely illegal. Uh, but it wasn't against baseball rules. Okay. Same difference. All right. Yes. Point is, point is, like, like the Astros, they knew what they were doing. And they promoted this guy all the way to GM. And this is reportedly what he's good at. And, and you know how I feel about player development, especially at the minor league level, right? Like, I think that this past year, and even just maybe their drafting and the people that they're selecting, has been absolutely abysmal, right? Like, the whole organization took a step back this past year. Um, the people that they're picking and bringing in just seem like underwhelming, right? I mean, yes, there are bright spots. You know, Kyle Harrison, you know, is a bright spot for sure. Um, he might be the brightest spot because of his age, you know. There have been some great surprises. So player development has happened among a few people. Von Brown, for example. But overall, this organization has not been doing what it was supposed to be doing. And now you hire a GM who's reportedly really good at player development. I mean, is that kind of the Giants admitting, like, we need to do more there? Yes. I mean, I, I, and I will say, I mean, you know, Farhan's a smart guy. And and I, I, I don't think he's going to do the same thing and expect different results, right? So I, I fully expect there to be some major changes uh, in the player development. Uh, and it'll be fascinating to watch, you know, how... You know what changes those are. Is it going to be changes at the coaching level? Is it going to be changes at yes. the at the you know kind of the the the, the preparation level? Yes. Uh, the you know they what are they going to you know how are they going to use their new facilities in Arizona? Yes. <laughs> and and you know how is that going to translate to coaches uh, in, in yes. the major league level? Yes. Right. All of it. Yes. All of the All above. Of it. All and of it has it. to because it hasn't been working the way they were doing it. All the heads will roll. And I want to Everybody's... say, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Kapler's role with the Dodgers like in player development? I think it was. Yeah. Well, you know, he's yeah. managing now, so he's not he's not doing that. Well, maybe there. we need to promote him. <laughs> maybe he should be the head of player development. Yes. Yes. Change I mean, I don't know. Vice president of player development. Yeah. Yeah. And then people would stop complaining about all the stupid things he does. And he does do a lot of stupid things. Uh, but I, I don't want to make this about Gabe Kapler because first of all, like I, I, maybe we should have, maybe we should do a deep dive on, on the coaching staff or on, on Kapler in general, because I, I don't think Kapler is the problem right now. I, I no. don't know that he's necessarily the solution, but he is not the problem. And that's For big me, of you to say, because you have not been the biggest. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think he's a great, I don't think he's a great X's and O's guy. I will say that I think he has demonstrated that when given all the right pieces, um, he can use them correctly. Gabe Kapler, manager of the year. Exactly. But then there was this year. And so, Bob, like, is he still Gabe Kapler? Manager of the year? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where I feel Kapler is. He's not, he's neither good nor bad. He's sort right now, he's sort of neutral. And I, that's not a, that's not a, I mean, I'm not damning him, but I'm also not praising him, right? I, I think I think let's get to a point where we can say that Gabe Kapler is our biggest weakness. And we are folks are a long way away from that. A long way away. And what we know is, is that Gabe Kapler can manage a team that is capable of winning 107 games. He can manage them to 100. Sorry. Yeah. Winning 107 games. He can manage them to winning 107 games. And so, you know, he's not the worst manager in the world. But every nothing else seems like it's working right now, and so I, I expect Pete to come in and um, and break some hearts. I also wonder, like, how much of a voice he will have with Farhan, and you know, because in one hand, you know, Farhan's talking about wanting to get younger and more athletic, and then the next breath he's saying, "Everybody's in play. We love Brandon Belt. We love you know Longoria. We love all these old guys." and I just wonder how much of an influence that Pete, good old Pistol Pete, can have uh, well, in, in, in such a short time. He did say that it would be good to have a new voice in the organization. Yeah. And to have a new perspective. 
which I think is a really good answer and the right answer. So I, I hope that it's, I hope that it's um, correct and that that Pete comes in and he, he does say the things like that need to be said. Um, which is, you know, yeah, let's overspend for this free agent because otherwise we're going to have nothing. Um, yeah, let's aggressively move these players forward. Let's not gamble on these injured players, but instead go for the more sure thing from, from you know, in drafting and free agent signings, uh, international free agent signings. That's what I hope. But Matthew, do I do hope? No. No. No, I fully expect Farhan is going to Farhan, and Farhan's going to override him, and we're going to see a bunch of the same old, same old. I still believe that. You know, like, call me an Oklahoman, but you're going to have to show me. Okay, Oklahoman. I I think that's the wrong state. <laughs> show me state is Missouri? It's Missouri, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Oklahoma. Sorry, Missouri. <laughs> Get it right, Ben. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but, these, flyover, know, these flyover states and their mottos. What's our motto? Does you know how our motto? you know how us San Franciscans are. We don't care about those guys. <laughs> yes, no. I'm, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think that Farhan. I want to believe. I'm going to be the Pollyanna. Uh, what was the word uh, title that I was that that gives me being optimistic? I can't remember now. But um, sanguine. Sanguine. Thank you. Sanguine. I'm going to be sanguine. And and think that uh, we are we are going to spend big because I feel like we have no other choice. And and on one hand, I think that if he doesn't, then you know the fan base is going to be upset. The Giants struggled to to, to bring in fans this year, uh, and you know I, you would think that they would they would uh, hear that. But on the other hand, I think. He doesn't care what the fans think, right? I mean, he's not going to be running a baseball team based on what the fans think. No. No, and he shouldn't. No, unless we're right. (laughs) Unless we're right, in which case um, we'll have his head. And you know what? I mean, there's two reasons why why managers and GMs or heads of baseball operation get fired. Well, they don't win. They don't win, and the fans want them gone. Fans get people fired. They absolutely do. And, it, you know, I think Farhan is right to not care what a bunch of uneducated, and I don't mean this, I don't think he has this sort of view, but, like, I think he's right. Like, my view is that we're all uneducated. My view is that we don't know what we're talking about. Right? Right? If we did know what we were talking about, we'd be doing that job and getting paid millions of dollars to do it. So, folks, all of those who think you're smarter at this, I mean, I know we all like to fantasize, but let's face it. We're all living in our fantasies. We're not getting paid millions of dollars to run a Major League Baseball team because we're not good enough to do it or we haven't demonstrated that we are. Well, and I, and I, I, I think that there's one thing to think that you could do it better, but there's another uh, point of view in that we can all see when it's not working. Correct. That is correct. And I think in that case, that's when fans are right because sometimes the person at the top, the person who is you know blind to their own failings or maybe in an ivory tower however you want to call it um doesn't see it when everybody can see it colorado rockies <laughs> um you know so uh yeah i i i think you're right i think he doesn't care um but i also think from the fans perspective that doesn't matter like if he doesn't deliver a winning team next year then we have the right to demand his head. Mm. And we should. We should. Five years in, we should be seeing both a, a minor league that's producing great players and victories on the field and playoff spots. I'm not saying we should be the dominant team in the National League, but we should be an up-and-comer. And nobody thinks the Giants are an up-and-comer right now unless they're in the Giants organization. <laughs> okay. Well, on that happy note, we're at the end of our of our hour. I think we've gone a little on bit that, over. On that happy note, you know what? We have the reason to not be happy, Matthew. I just tried to sell people on watching playoff baseball that the Giants aren't in. That's just that's just total BS. We have every reason to not be happy right now. We can all right. we can we can be all come to off, our Giants fans. Be that's right. Off. We have the right to be pissed off until November seventh. 
And if the Dodgers win, we have the right to be pissed off until forever. <laughs> Pitchforks in hand. That's right. Torches lighting up the night. Oh, all right. Uh, well, tor- torches. I don't even know what to say now. I'm like, are we closing it? Are we going? Torches are, is- lighting up the night. That might be the title of the episode. <laughs> I don't right, know. We, we're heard we're coming up folks, against the folks. hour. We're we're here. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Well, actually, you read it. You read it, and then you clicked on it. And then you heard it here. And second. then you listened to the whole show. <laughs> and then you heard us say it. The title. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Torches lighting up the night. All right. Torch. Yeah. Something like that. We'll have to go back and listen to what I said. Anyway, uh, so next week, uh, you know, more of the same. Lots of good cocktails. Um, talk a little bit about playoff baseball. Uh, we'll bring some Giants perspectives in there for sure. Uh, maybe we'll do a deep dive on some of the coaching staff. Maybe that's an interesting, uh, interesting homework assignment. Um, but we. Will, I don't want to talk will... about pitching coach though. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm so angry about that. Get vaccinated. <laughs> um. Um. Uh, yeah. oh, how about how about show up to work? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Whatever it takes. Show up to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we're not talking about that, though. We'll talk about yeah. the others. Yeah. Alyssa Nekin and uh, and her awesome role on the Giants. Quality control? I'm going to find out what she does. I, I know she does some infield and base running. I think she used like to that, have but... the title quality control. I don't know what else. I think they moved her around. Yeah. Well, and, and by all accounts, she was a very good baseball coach. So I um, definitely want to learn more about what she does. So anyway, we will be back and talk about that next week. Uh, in the meantime, Ben, uh, we'll see, ya. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm not even drunk either. I finished my cocktail so long ago that, uh, I'm not drunk. So, um, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram folks. Oh, uh, if you Bob. haven't done that already, whatever. What do you, what's holding okay. you up? Come on. More importantly, tell your friends if they like cocktails or San Francisco giants, or you find us amusing, yeah. any of those three things, Retweet tell your friends, tweets, tell our friends, whatever. Also, um, be on the lookout. For a uh, for a, a mailbag prompt on Twitter, uh, uh, yeah. I, think, I think that's something else that we could probably bring to the show is uh, getting your guys' questions, whether it's around the Giants or cocktails or a little bit of both. Uh, just don't ask yeah. Ben about uh, about politics or anything like that. Well, don't expect us to get. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about politics. It just they all make me angry when it comes to politics. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but also don't expect intelligent answers. Expect funny, r- ranty, angry answers. Exactly. Cause that's, that's yeah. why you come for us. That's what, that's what we do. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, whatever we do, we will be back next week. Uh, until then, Ben, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.